Welcome to the Christ Culture Podcast. I am your host, Kiana. I'm Calvin. And the devil is trying today, and we're not going to let him try. He is on one. You guys, let me just explain. Like, we already have, like, we technically have no team today. We just have our one audience member, Rebecca, who doesn't do any tech things. So she's literally just in our audience today, which is yeah. great, but she's huge help. We're glad you're here, Rebecca. Um, what else has gone wrong today? Well, uh, one of our crew members is not feeling well, so He's he couldn't sick. make it couldn't this morning. And two of our other crew members are swamped by last minute deadline work for college. Mm -hmm. So They're it is here. just us. Today. We just wing Oh, we don't have the lights and equipment that. Yeah. So our shots are going to look a little bit different yeah. today. There's a lot of things going on. It's the, full again. The car it keeps getting full. We're not yeah. even going to look at that camera. That yep. camera is not even. We're just going to go with what we got. Two individual shots. That's today. fine. That's fine. And that's what's going to happen. You know what? That's that just means that something's about to get said. Yeah, God has a powerful message today, and the devil is trying hard not to let it happen. So we just going to make it happen. Yeah. Whatever we got. And then when I came to start setting up this morning, there was a group over there and they were very loud oh yeah so and i was like i don't want to like approach them and be gotta like, get out of here can you leave <laughs> but they were super nice they're so. still here though so if you guys hear them like loud laughter they're just enjoying their life yeah so nevertheless happy sunday remember i preached that last week nevertheless nevertheless we are stealing we are still here god yeah. is still moving powerful word from pastor this morning he oh my gosh back. yeah yeah I didn't think that the tour was going to be that short. I didn't either. I was expecting, low-key, I was like, he's going to bring out Mike Todd today. Mike Todd going to be there. That would have been... And then it was like, oh, Stephen's back. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, Pastor. He's back. Yeah. But yeah, powerful Also, message. that song that they were singing, the one that they haven't released He's yet, able? Yeah. Yes. I keep checking. I'm like, please just release I know. that. I need that in my life. I know. That one's a good one. Yeah. Hopefully, they'll release it soon. So, I feel like we've been going a thousand miles per hour. Yeah, let's take a breath. Yeah, just breathe in for a second. <sighs> Let the breath marinate. I don't like that word. What's wrong with marinate? I don't know. It just feels weird. It's because you're a vegan. Yeah. And just, you don't, you know, marinate I marinate stuff. my tofu, if anything. What do you marinate tofu in? Tofu takes up all the flavor of whatever you put it in. It's very really? adaptive. I don't like the way it looks. That's the way I like to live my life. Adaptive like tofu. <laughs> I just feel like tofu's like that thing. If there was an alien civilization, we're going to aliens. Oh, we're starting there. Okay. If there was an alien civilization, I don't think that they like have choices for food. Like we eat what we want for them. I think they like have something like tofu. They just eat it for nutrients. Like space food. It's yeah. for fuel. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I see when I see tofu. I'm sure they have space animals that they eat too. You, you sure? Unless they like find particles and they collect them like atoms and make their food through the atoms. Yeah. I don't know. In space. Weird. We need to get a hold of these we'll get there. aliens and figure out. Anyway. Uh, so today's Epi. Epi 3. I love saying Epi. Um, we're talking about... We should get Epi t-shirts anyway. <laughs> we are talking about how God talks to you. Yes. Slash how you talk to God. Yeah. What does he sound like? Mm. You know? Yeah. I think that's a really hot topic question. Mm -hmm. Because even before I committed my life to Christ, I would just hear people be like, oh, I heard, I heard this voice and God is speaking to me. Or like, you know, I just hear this direct voice. And so like outside looking in, I was always curious to be like, okay, like I'm waiting for this voice to come mm -hmm. almost like um, Morgan Freeman speaking on the loudspeaker. <laughs> and it's just like, now I know that God sounds like, yeah. but now that I am a saved woman, I understand that it's not quite an quite. audible voice that you hear yes. if, if you had to explain it how would you explain it in your 
I would say, number one, that he speaks to all of us in different ways. Yes. It's not one universal way. Um, I was like listening to some of our first episodes back the other day. And I heard myself a lot of times say, God said this to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, someone listening might be like, does God just talk to him in his right. head? You hear these voices. <laughs> so it's like a complex thing. Sometimes he speaks to you in your spirit and you sort of interpret it into your mind, mm. so to speak. Um, that's that's a whole other thing. But ultimately, God speaks to your spirit. So there's a scripture that talks about uh, the Holy Spirit speaking on our behalf with groanings that cannot be uttered. Mm-hmm. So literally anything that you can hear is not what that scripture is talking about because it says it can't be uttered. Mm. Um, so it is spirit speaking to spirit. So we have the spirit of God in us. So when he speaks to our spirit, that's when the mind that he gave us begins to interpret what he's telling our spirit, uh, which is where it becomes complicated because our mind can do a whole bunch of weird, go down a bunch of different paths and we can add a bunch of stuff in there that we want. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have to learn how to discern what it is that, that God is actually telling you. Mm, That is, that's so real. And I just need to let it like soak for a second. So not marinate. We're going to let it soak. That was really powerful. Um, Yeah. Because as spirits, it's like you're not going to hear God the way that you hear a person talk to you. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes that's what people expect where they're like, oh, God isn't saying anything to me because I can't audibly hear or make out the words that he's saying. Yeah. Um, It's almost like your intuition. That's a good. It's like exactly it. how you feel your intuition. It's like a twist in your stomach or like a hint or something that you hear. I don't want to say here, something that you interpret, like you said, is usually what the spirit is saying to you. Yeah. I have a friend who anytime I would have like a decision that I needed to make, I'd be like, okay, like, what's your opinion? Like, what do you think I should do? And then he'd be like, what is the spirit telling you? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Ooh, (laughs) thank you for asking me that question. I also don't want that to be the answer because I hear what the spirit is telling me and it's telling me not to do the thing that I want to do. Oh my gosh. Um, very wise friend. Um, but and I was also listening to a podcast. This is um uh Jackie Hill Perry okay. and Preston Perry. Okay. They do a podcast together. Um What's the name of it? I think I've like 30 Minutes with the Perrys. I've seen it advertised. Yes, they're, I have to watch it. I'll they're watch it. awesome. They're a married couple, but they're very raw and okay. very <laughs> they're very funny to me. I'll check it out. I really enjoy them. Um, but they have really dope conversation. And so uh Preston was talking about like, you know it's the spirit of God. Or you know it's God speaking to you when your flesh is doing everything to fight it. Because it's like you know what you should be doing or what even what he's calling you to do is going to make you uncomfortable. And so you're like, well, God, are you sure? Like, is this, are you sure that's it? It's like when you feel that feeling of like, but I'm going to be so uncomfortable. Usually that's the spirit being like, yeah, and that's why I want you to go. Yep. That's how it usually happens. It really just be like that. Yeah, it's so crazy that you say that. I was literally reading through the book of Proverbs last night. Mm. I decided to change the 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 title from Proverbs to cheat code. That's the cheat code work. Book yeah, absolutely. In the whole time he's talking to his son, I believe it's Solomon talking to his sons in that in that text. And he keeps repeating, like, my sons, listen to me. Listen to what I'm saying. Follow what I'm saying. Don't don't stray from what I'm saying. And um Yeah, like you just said. When he speaks to us like that, oftentimes it's stuff that we don't necessarily want to hear. Mm-hmm. 
And it's not even coming from a place of like, this is a rule book. Follow my rules. It's coming from a place of like, I can see the twists and turns in the road that you cannot yeah. see. So just trust what I am telling you. Yeah. Um, and there's so many things about the flesh in Proverbs. Just read through Proverbs uh, about, you know, when to deny the flesh and how to follow the spirit. And it's it's a great book. But I was just reading that last night. And that's actually when I texted you the title. Yep, and I was like, yep. I wonder how she would feel about talking about this. Uh, I had to, like, think about it. I was like, yes. And then I'm just like, how could I, like, bring some things to the table? Um, yeah. But it's also just like there's so many ways that God does speak through you yep. or speak to you, I should say. Um, another way that he doesn't speak to you, I think is important to understand that God does speak to you. And then he's also silent some, most of the time. Um, but he's not going to tell you things that will make you feel belittled. Yeah. He's not going to, um, talk down about you. He's not going to, any like self doubt that you have about yourself. That's not his voice. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot of voices that we do hear in our head. There's a lot of negative voices. There's a lot of positive. There's positive voices, but they're usually quieter. Yeah. Kind of like we were talking about last week of like the little devil on your shoulder and then the big angel that's standing behind you. That's like a bodyguard. Mm -hmm. Like the little devil right here. He's going to be super loud and like super obnoxious with it. He'll be like, well, yeah, you you suck. And like, you're ugly and yeah. nobody likes you. And you're never, you're never going to do it. Um, But we need to understand like there are two voices that are two. There's two completely different spirits that we hear in our soul, but it's a matter on how strong and disciplined we make our flesh that we're able to discern what God is saying. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Um, it's important to know also that when you are discerning that voice, understand and know that God is not punitive. Mm. He Elaborate. does not, he does not, he's not a punishing God. Yeah. Jesus paid the price for our sins. Mm -hmm. So then people say, well, if he doesn't punish us, why does bad things happen to us? Right. Consequences and punishments are two different things. Yeah. He does not punish us, but we can still suffer the consequences, um, consequences of our choices. Mm -hmm. um, so I can eat a bunch of bad food and gain a bunch of weight. Mm -hmm. That's a consequence of what I did. God didn't punish me. Right. Because, you know, I was... Um, gluttonous mm -hmm. um you can i don't know talk crazy to somebody and then have a falling out with them mm -hmm. god's not punishing you for your behavior that's a consequence yeah of what you did yeah so it's important to know when you're listening to those voices in your head not to condemn yourself or think that god is somehow punishing you or getting down on you for something that you did um and look at Look at the actions that you took um, to understand the consequences that you might be suffering from. Mm. Yeah. That's big. Um, it kind of reminded me of like understanding who God is, not just what he says or how he speaks or how he loves, but exactly understanding who he is as a God, where he's a loving God. He's a genuine God. He's um, a gracious God. He forgives. He's, you know, all these things. And so it's like, when certain circumstances do come around, I think it's easy to see things as like, okay, I am getting punished right now, but that's not the perspective of where God might be coming from. Just like as a parent or a disciplinary, a coach, whatever it is, somebody with authority, just like God, 
they uh they have your best interest insight like yeah. insight um so anything that's going to quote unquote punish you is not necessarily punishment but a form of discipline yeah. that's going to teach you something from it yeah. that you're going to learn from so say you're you don't clean your room and you want to go to a slumber party, right? Yeah. You go to your parents. Hey, can I go to the slumber party? They said, well, did you clean your room? Yeah. That's wisdom. Um, maybe not just because your room is dirty and like anybody's going to see it, but maybe they're instilling some type of discipline in you where it's like in order for you to go out into the world, you need to make sure that you're cleaned up on the inside. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like if we're setting, I'm trying to instill in you this discipline that you're going to keep yourself clean and um organized and so when you go out into the world you're not coming from a disorganized place and adding that to the world so god is the same way he wait he's the same way where maybe he's like well you're asking me for this right now yeah. you're asking me and i see why you want it and that's that's a pure intention that's good that you want to do this but in order for you to do that i need to clean something up inside you first yeah. in order for me to actually give that to you where you will have fruit from it you know, like it's not punishment, it's discipline where he's like, well, let me just teach you. Let me refine you a little bit first before I give you what you're asking for. Absolutely. So I'm juggling two things in my head <laughs> right now. Um, so I have a testimony. I'll go, I'll go there first. Please. I have a, go, I have a testimony. It. And it kind of goes along with what you were just saying. So um, I've told you all before that this was a really tough year for me um, health wise and God kind of used that to take me on this spiritual journey throughout the year. So this morning I woke up and I said, well, you know what? We're going to be filming later. So let me uh, take my walk early this morning. Mm -hmm. So I go out to take my walk, same path that I take every single day. So what happened is I walk about a mile and a half, one direction on one side of the road. And then I cross over and I come down the opposite side of the road for the same distance back home. So I'm out walking this morning and uh, before I started walking, I said, uh, I said, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. It's just a scripture. Mm -hmm. So I said, I'm not going to put any headphones in, no music or anything. I'm just going to listen. So I start walking up this side of the road and I'm walking, I'm walking and it's a little cold this morning, colder than usual. And all of a sudden the wind started to blow, mm -hmm. right? So I'm walking and the wind is blowing at me in the direction that I'm walking. Mm -hmm. So the further I got to the, the peak of the walk, the stronger the wind got. And it started to happen so much. That's when I realized God, God, um, God was starting to say something to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, let me, let me listen to what's going on. The, I got very close to the end and the wind got very strong. And that's when he started talking to me and it lasted for about 35 minutes. Wow. So the first thing that he started to tell me was the stronger the wind is, the stronger you will be. Mm. So when you're going through something, the more intense it is, the more extreme it seems, the stronger he's actually making you. Wow. So I keep walking. I get to the top of my walk um, and I get ready to cross over. So I cross the street and I start coming down the opposite direction now. So now I'm able to look across the street at where I just came from. Mm hmm. And I realized something that I knew, but I had never taken a moment to understand it. The entire mile that I was walking directly to my right is a construction zone. Okay. It's all under construction for a whole mile. And on the side that I was now on, there are tall buildings, businesses, establishments, all built up brand new. And he said, 
for the last year, I've had you under construction. Wow. And now I'm about to establish you. Mm. So now I'm like freaked out because I'm like, okay, he is talking right now. Let me, yeah. let me listen. And um, I just keep walking. And he just, he started to reveal a bunch of other stuff to me about, you know, the calling on my life and whatnot. But that was the powerful, powerful part of it was just understanding that although I was under construction and the winds were blowing against me, there was a reason behind it. He was trying mm -hmm. to make me stronger. And on the other side of the road, I can now look back at where I came from and see all the places I had been in all the stages I had gone through and how he made me stronger and wiser and smarter. Um, and then the last thing, and I actually took some pictures of this. I had never noticed, but as I was looking at the construction zone, uh, the name of the company is Davis. That's your last name. Wow. <laughs> so I was looking over there at it while he's talking to me. And then I, I started seeing Davis on everything. And I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> you got to be kidding me right now. So I started like taking pictures and stuff this morning. Wow. And then uh, I came back to the apartment. He kept speaking to me for about 20 minutes about some stuff. And I came back in the apartment and I texted my dad and I was like, I just got a crazy revelation. That's and wild. Called me in like 20 seconds. It was like, what's up? And <laughs> him and I talked about it. But uh, yeah. So when you were just talking about, Talking about that, my testimony kind of. That's amazing. Yeah. I love when he does that. It's the best. That's how the good Lord works. All you know time. what I'm saying? Like, wow. That's really cool. You know, that's literally how God works, though. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know what I was listening to this week, but God talks to you through your storms. Mm hmm through your trials, through the wilderness. That's what Pastor said this morning. He did. That was in this the morning. Wilderness. I was like, yeah. where did I hear that? That was yep. two yeah, hours ago. Um, but I want you, like, going back to your testimony, just to help our audience out a little bit, you said God was speaking to you, and you were so clear on what he was saying. Yes. Can you speak a little bit more on what that process is to hear his voice, or, yeah. like, even the, the mental state that you have to enter in or like you know you took a walk you're in a peaceful state yeah right what do you need to do to get in a position to hear from god or not even what you need to do but how do you prepare yourself to listen yeah the first thing is you have to put yourself in a position to hear what he's saying so when i said speak lord your servant is listening mm -hmm. i was joking about it but i was yeah. serious with him I was trying to let him know I'm about to put myself in a place where I black out all other stuff. Yeah. And this is your time. Mm. Uh, I also had a prayer this morning on a prayer call with my, my father and some other people. And I went on the walk right after. So I think the first part of it is just putting yourself in a place mm -hmm. um, to hear him. So, you know, and I want to be very clear. He can speak to you anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the difference this morning was I wanted to set aside time. Yeah. Eliminate for, distractions. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I went out on the walk. Obviously, I said that to him and I began walking. And again, for about the first mile, I didn't, nothing was really happening. I was just kind of walking, kind of cold. I was trying to deal with that. And then when he began to start speaking to me, again, it is almost like, it's it's indescribable. It's a feeling. Mm -hmm. It just it comes over you. You feel it in 
once it starts, you know. Yeah. And so when I recognize that, um, I just I blocked out everything even more. I don't even really remember walking, to be totally honest with mm-hmm. you. <laughs> and uh, I just was open to whatever he was going to tell me. And I think that's the other thing. He might not tell you something you want to hear. Yeah. So you have to be open not to what you want to hear from him or what you want from him, but be open to whatever it is that he's telling you. Mm. So he could have told me in that moment, hey, the stuff you've been dealing with for the last year, I need I need you to keep dealing with it for five more years. Yeah. And you got to be OK with it. Yes. You got to trust it. Um, but he didn't say that. Right. Me. Right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. God. <laughs> Praise God. But yeah, just just being open to whatever it is that he's going to tell you. Um, and then, so I was listening and, and I was open and I was attentive. Um, and then I think the last part of it is when you get into that state, don't be in a rush to come out of it. Yeah. Uh, I came back in the house and I usually do like a, a Bible book study before sermons on Sunday. And I was sitting there on my couch and it was like, I was just so field at the moment i was like i can't even open the book right now i just got to sit here i was mm. sitting in there and quiet just listening and he continued to to tell me some stuff and so yeah don't try to come out of it too too quickly and then the other thing i'll say is aside from my personal testimony this morning be open to hearing him from whatever source he chooses to use mm. he will use a prostitute as we've seen in the bible yeah. he will use the person you don't like he will use an inanimate object. Mm-hmm. He will use numbers. He will use scriptures. He will use a sermon. He will use your own mind. Um, whatever he chooses to use, you have to be open to it. Yeah. Um, for example, there have been plenty of Sundays where Pastor Stephen wasn't the one preaching. I could have easily turned over to T.D. Jake's channel yeah. and said, ah, I'll listen to him this morning. But um, so many times I've gotten messages from somebody else that wasn't Pastor Stephen. Yeah. Um, and like I said, beyond that, however he chooses to talk to you, be open to that. Yeah. So, you know, that person that you don't like at work, don't cut them off all the time. Mm-hmm. He might be trying to use them to teach you something. Yeah. Um, yeah, he can use Instagram. That's not a that's not an excuse to get on your social media. Right. I'm just looking for God um, here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just here to see what God yeah. is saying. Just, but I, I just feel be open. you. I yeah. feel you because like there's been times where we're talking about social media here. Like there's been times where I would be on social media and I would just be scrolling and then like just aimlessly just on there. And then, um, I could feel my mind just getting overstimulated. Yes. Even when I close my phone, I'm just like, I just feel so stressed right now. Not even just like stressed of like worry, but stressed overwhelmed of like, there's so many things in my mind that I just filled it up with so many varying things that don't even really matter. And then, so once I finally realized that it was my social media, did you know there's a way that you can orient your timeline to the things that you are interested in? I do not. So you can do that. So like, say right now my TikTok is completely curated with like Christian things and like mm-hmm. fitness and like, I don't know, like self-love habits or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, um, but anytime you see some content that relates to what you want to see more of, I mean, quite literally you can just like it or favorite it. And then it goes through your algorithm. I'm like, Oh, they like to see this type of content. So let me just keep bringing it back. Yeah. So if you like actively like the things that you want to see, you'll eventually start seeing more of it. Gotcha. So now when I'm on social media, it's less of like, this is such a useless platform. 
it's more of like, wow, this is actually a useful tool because I can go on my TikTok or my Instagram and feel filled up based on the t- the content that I've been watching. Yeah. So like even like I'll get a, a word literally on TikTok because so many people are, are on TikTok talking about the gospel. Yeah. So I'll be like, wow, that was actually really dope. So now when I leave my phone or when I get off, like close my phone, I have that message circling in my head of like, wow, I think God was actually speaking to me now. God isn't going to always speak through the people that you're seeing. Like, even if you are yeah. having that type of stuff curated on your TikTok or whatever, um, don't take every single message as this is my message. If it is, and it's like, you can't stop thinking about it. Then that's when you go to God and be like, Hey God, are you trying to show me something here? Like take what you're learning as a grain of salt, even if it's not something that you want to hear, like from somebody that you don't like, yeah. take it as a grain of salt. If you keep thinking about it, then take that to God and be like, are you trying to teach me something? Search my heart and reveal to me what you're trying to show me right now. Yeah. And then just let it simmer, you know, just let it hold, like go into a peaceful place. If you need to eliminate distractions, if you need to go on a walk, whatever it is, just go somewhere quiet and start to meditate on what it is that you're still thinking about. And eventually you'll hear some clarity from God and be able to understand and discern what it is that's on your mind. Yeah. Um, one thing I've, I've definitely learned about him is that he will, um, he will oftentimes confirm mm. what he's told you in one way or the other. How? Usually for me, it comes from find some trusted people in your life. Mm. Somebody who, you know, also follows God and listens to them, uh, listens to him. Um, so for me personally, it oftentimes comes from uh, my mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times it will come through the sermons on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been some some pretty scary ones. Like he'll tell me something and the next day the sermon will be about that. Yikes. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like, relax. <laughs> so, yeah, it can come from different places. I think the the number one place it usually comes from is someone else. Yeah. That's a sticky situation, though. Because you can very easily turn that and start going to a person who you know will tell you what you want to hear. Yeah. And then saying that's God. Yeah. Um, that's why I say somebody who's who follows God and who's going to be truthful. So for me, that's my my mother and my father. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother's always going to try to protect me. My father's always going to be straightforward with me. Yep. So I know between the two of them, I have a, a good balance. Yeah. And, and they'll tell me. So, yeah, a lot of times they confirm things for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say something. After- Full disclosure, is going to be some little cuts in here because uh, we're going to have to cut some of these videos together probably. Yeah, that's a note for Julian. Yeah, so, yeah. If you're watching and you see a weird cut in my head like this, <laughs> <breaks, laughs> don't worry about How'd it. How'd that happen? Yeah, um, so we're just talking about confirming. Confirming. So like, I think God confirms in a lot of different ways that sometimes aren't very clear, but even when they do happen, it's like, oh, that's like an aha moment, which yeah. I think is really cool. I was reading this book called God Winks, When, okay. when God Winks, um, and it's talk, it talks about like how there's not necessarily coincidences, but actual things that God is placing in your life that it feels like a coincidence, but he's like, nope, I already placed this here. This has been here waiting for you to get to this point. And now that you are to this point and you're seeing that connection, it's not a coincidence. That's literally God just winking at you. Like it does that. You're right. You don't even know how much you're in my head right now. (laughs) You know? And it's like, 
when you have that aha moment that feels divine, that's not like, not like deja vu or anything. It's not deja vu, but it's just like, it's alignment. That's really what the confirmation is, where it's like, this is alignment. This is enough for me to realize like, okay, this is from God and I need to keep going. You know, it's not where the self-doubt comes in. It's like, wow, I actually feel like this is, this is right. I need to keep doing it. You literally just said something (laughs) that was confirmation for me. Um, Maybe two months ago now, maybe even longer than that, maybe closer to three. I was, um, had this week, it was literally like a seven day period. And I had so many quote unquote coincidences Mm. that it started to like get my attention. So one day I was sitting at work and I'm like, why does this word coincidence keep coming to my head? Why do they keep happening? That's another way God often speaks to you through those constant things that you keep seeing, you keep hearing. Um, So I said, okay, let me look up what the word coincidence means. So usually we think of coincidences as like something just so happening, Mm -hmm. so to speak. And I started to just kind of get deep into it and going into the Greek meanings and all that. And I came to the root of it. And one of the the meanings was together with a divine authority. Mm. And um, kind of what he revealed to me anyway was so much like what you just said. It's scary. Um, There's our path and there's his path. And when they begin to align in the real world, we begin to see what we call coincidences. Mm. But they are really just almost like contact points in reality of the two paths of each other. That's cool to think about. Yeah. Um, And we begin to see them happen in our lives. So when your spirit and your flesh path combine, when you come into alignment with God, exactly. Wow. Yep. So together with a divine authority. So when you come together with that divine authority, coincidences begin to happen. That's a cool way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So when you were just saying that, I almost (laughs) jumped up because I was like, I'm not crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That's God winking at you. Yep. yep. That is God winking at you. That is awesome. Literally the word awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, So in your experience, how has God spoken to you? And then a follow-up question is, how did you later confirm that he was actually speaking to you what you heard? I'm going to go to a very real-life situation that's happening currently. <laughs> um, let's see. So, uh, let, uh, you know, we talked. Okay. Come on with it. Okay, it's coming. Here it comes. Here it comes. Confirmation for me is I've been toggling with this specific relationship. Yep. Right. Um, toggling, I want to say, is like, okay, do I make this work? Or do I let it go? Do I make this work? Do I let it go? Literally week after week, it's almost driving me insane because mm-hmm. it's like you do the same things over and over, expecting a different result. What does that cause? Insanity. Insanity. <laughs> it's almost gotten insane. So I've been like just praying. I'm like, God, what is it? Because each week is like kind of different. And I'm like, I don't know what you mean. So um, finally, I just spoke. I just, you know, eliminated distractions. I'm like just speaking to God. I'm like, God, 
show me what you want me to do. Yeah. And whatever it is, I will do it. You know, I surrender this thing that I'm holding on to. I surrender it. I let it go. I refuse to like keep trying to make it happen in my own will, in my own human power. I eliminate trying to like control the outcome yeah. and I let it go and I give it to you. So whatever you want me to do about it, I will do it. Yeah. Right. Um, so I just kept hearing this voice saying like, just let it go. Let it go. There's nothing you can do. I actually took you out of, I like removed you from it for yeah. a reason. Like you're physically not even in the vicinity with this person anymore. Wow. Um, so I did that for a reason. Right. There's no reason for you to like keep trying to make it work when I took you away for a reason. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but you know, eh, like me whining as a kid. It's like, yeah, but I just want it. I just want it. <laughs> it's like, no, just you said you would do whatever I told you to, right? I'm like, okay. So I completely surrendered it this morning. This morning. Um, pastor was basically saying about letting things go. Um, he specifically said, even that relationship that God has delivered you out of, you let that go. If there's a message that pops up, you don't reply. You ignore it. Yeah. And I was like, why are you yelling at me? Pastor Steven, why are you yelling at me? It's too early for this. But that was confirmation for me because he said, when something is dead, when an animal dies, don't touch it. And that doesn't just refer to literally in the text of the Bible of a dead animal. He's talking about the little things in your life that are dead, that you keep trying to pick up, that you keep trying to resurrect yourself, but you don't have the power to resurrect something. Only Jesus has that. God has that power. So it's like if something has died, whether it be a relationship or a habit or any other thing in your life that's going on, you have to let that dead thing go. And trust that God has either something better coming for you or he has a time that he's going to resurrect it. Whatever it is, I believe that something might be better coming that I need to let go and make some space for. Yeah. So that was confirmation for me. And I heard that directly from God because I was literally talking to him about it last night. And then this morning he's like, that relationship, let it go. I was like, wow. hey. Two things. <laughs> Number one, I got a little more confirmation for you. Stop it. Okay. I want it. Last week when I gave you a scripture to, to preach on, what was it about? Veganism. All right. That was the confirmation. <laughs> on to the next Don't thing. eat animals. Exactly. Even when he was preaching that this morning, I was like, great, I'm on a good roll because I don't eat animals in general. So it's yeah, fine. Yeah. So it was like right along with what, what we were talking about. Uh, the other thing, you were talking about letting go. I know a bunch of weird little facts. I don't know why I don't ask you. <laughs> Fun facts? Yeah. It is a, um, I don't know if it's a law of physics or, or what. I don't know the correct terminology. But anyway, two things cannot occupy the same space at the same time. Elaborate. So the only things that can technically, from what I read, that can occupy the same space at the same time are waves, like waveforms. Everything else, anything that's made of, matter cannot occupy the same space as something else it can get close to it it can get next to it but it cannot physically occupy the same space at the same time so you were just talking about your relationship situation whatever he has for you can't occupy that space until you let whatever this else is, true. is in that space go so you're saying i can't hold this box of apple juice mm-hmm 
which has 40% less sugar, but it has sugar in it. Sugar is not that great for you. Yep. I can't hold this apple juice in my hand mm-hmm. and that bottle of water. Not knowing that water is better for me. Mm, come on. And I need to let go of this apple juice box in order to pick that up because my right hand isn't working right now. I don't have a right hand, right? This one hand. Yep. I need to let go of this apple juice box in order. Ooh, ooh, hold on, hold on. Okay, mm-hmm. so for me to put this apple juice box down, right, my hand has to be empty for a second. Ooh. So I'm putting this apple juice box down. Now, in order for me to reach to that box or your your water bottle, right, which is healthier for me, yep. it's more pure. It's mm-hmm. more sustainable. Mm-hmm. It's more, um, it's going to actually replenish my thirst without me wanting more apple juice, right? Yep. In order for me to grab that, my hand is empty for a season. There's going to be a season where you have nothing grabbing onto you. There's nothing that you can grab onto. And the reason why there's this empty space in my hand for this season for me to grab and reach and guide towards where I need to go is because I have to trust that in the process of me reaching, that God is going to move through me. In this emptiness season, that's when I have, the only thing I can actually grab onto is God. Yep. Even though he's not a matter, he's not an atom that I can tangibly grab. The trust of me reaching for this water bottle is my relationship with God. Yep. Because how, how do I know that I reach for this water bottle and you happen to pick it up at the same time? Now I'm like, now there's no water for me. Yep. But God is like, but there's not water for you that you can see right now. Maybe Rebecca's going to go grab me some water and she didn't even know I was going to ask for it. Yep. Maybe there's a gallon of water waiting for me in my car because I drink a gallon jug of water and I just didn't bring it in today. But that's going to quench my thirst for the rest of the day rather than this half empty water bottle. Yep. Maybe you're reaching for a water bottle. And like you said, he has a jug. He has a jug. Yep. He has a jug. So I think it is important for me, like... It, Coming back to what we're actually talking about, like out of analogies, <laughs> right? It's like sometimes we have certain things in our grip that we want to hold on to because I'm like, I love apple juice. I love the flavor of it. I love all this stuff. But God is like, you think it's good for you, but it may not be the best thing for you. And yeah. I have something better than that. And I think the reason that we hold on to things so hard is because we think that that's the best that it's going to get. We think that's the best that we could deserve. We think mm-hmm. that the, that's the best thing that I've ever had. And for me to let go of it, I have to be empty handed for a second. And I'm uncomfortable with that. I'm uncomfortable of not knowing what's coming next. I'm uncomfortable of thinking that I could get less. I can ne- My hand could never be filled up again. But we have a God who knows what you want. And in Jesus name, if you want it and ask him for it, he's going to give it to you. So as long as I take my eyes off of this apple juice and I know that I want water. I know that's better for me. I'm going to reach for it. I'm going to think about it all the time. I'm going to change my habits so that I can reach for this water. Even if that water moves, I'm still going to desire water. Yeah. I'm still going to desire something better and healthier for my life. Yeah. And trust that God will deliver it when he's ready to deliver it. Yeah. So before we abandon this analogy... Because you just preached. That was a tangent right there. <laughs> you we, just we preached. For it. Somebody received that. Um, one more time. Reach for the water like you just were. Okay. I have this apple juice. Yep. Putting Put it down, down. And you reach for the water like you just were. She can't reach the water bottle from where she's at. It's kind of far. I really have to go out of my way to reach this. 
So you know what God does? What does he do? He says, it's about time she's reaching. Oh, and he brings it to me. He brings it to me. Yep. Because put it back down. Put it back down. Say so I'm reaching. I hope they... Can, they probably can't see this, but they'll figure they, it out. They understand. So I'm reaching for this water bottle and it's too far. And it, even at this point, the way that you have to trust God is not just reach it and hyper-focus on the bottle. Like, we're not Matilda. Like, I can't just let this levitate into my hand, right? Sometimes even what I need to do is I need to reach for what I desire, close my eyes, and have that trust factor game of like, okay, whenever God reaches this, oh, I feel it. And then the confirmation is sometimes he's just like, open your eyes. It's literally in your hand right now. Yeah. And then I open my eyes. I'm like, wow, praise God. I got this water bottle. Amen. Reach. Reach. Ooh. I'm sweating. <laughs> just, uh, Holy Spirit. Let that one marinate. Wow. No, soak. Marinate. No. Marinate versus soak. Put it in the comments. It's like high key cringe. Marinate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it'd be like that sometimes like god will speak to you through the wilderness when you feel like you have nothing to you can't like when you feel out of control not out of control crazy chaotic like when you're in the peace of the wilderness like when you go out into the forest it's not like i mean unless you're walking by a highway like it's very peaceful in the wilderness sometimes it's it could be scary because you're like what animals are out here with me yeah is there going to be anywhere for me to have shelter? Am I going to go hungry? Like sometimes it, it feels like that where that's the chaos, the, the, the wilderness that God wants you to be in. So then the only security that you have is through him, yep. that relationship that you have with him. So sometimes, yeah, you have to be empty handed for a season and that's okay. Yep. Cause you're not alone. The moment Never. you, the moment you tell yourself you're alone, that's when the devil comes in and yeah. he's like, you're alone. There's a wolf behind that tree. Don't go by the tree. Cause he's going to eat you. And then you, and you get all this fear. Yeah. But if you're in the wilderness and you're connected and you're in, in, in sync with God, you could walk blindfolded through the wilderness and not even worry about falling into a ditch. Yeah. The book of Eli. I love that movie. Mm. I want to go back to, um, a comment you made earlier. Oh gosh. You were talking about the silence of God. Oh, yeah. We talked about him talking to us, Mm -hmm. what that sounds like, what that experience is like. But what about when he is quiet Mm -hmm. and he doesn't say anything? I think that's the most powerful because just like I'm, I'm sure everybody's heard this analogy, but like the teacher is always silent during the test. And it's not a matter of you being alone. The teacher is always sitting at the front of the classroom. They're always there. If you have a question, if you have to go to the bathroom, like they're, they're always there. But the same thing happens when God is silent. I think a lot of people freak out because they're like, he's silent. He's not saying anything. He's allowing all these things to happen. But it's like, he wouldn't be silent if he didn't prepare you already. Because you've already learned the material. You already know what needs to happen. And it's not a matter of him quite literally testing you. It's almost a matter of you realizing your potential of what you already know. Mm-hmm to reach into your toolbox and be like, Hey, I've already learned how to be silent and still because we went through a global pandemic where I had to sit alone with myself and I had to get familiar with all the ugly parts that I didn't like about myself. Mm -hmm. So now that this person is coming at me and trying to tear me down for those ugly parts, it's like, now I know how to react or respond. I should say, because I actually fell in love with those ugly parts already. And you can't even use that to tear me down. Yeah. You know, so it's like 
God is never going to test you in a circumstance that you aren't actually already equipped for. Yeah. That's a good, that's a great way of looking at it. When he's, when he's silent with me, it's frustrating. It's frustrating. Like not to make it sound like all cute and like, Oh, it's quiet. It's peaceful. It's like, no, I'm going through chaos right now. Yeah. God, where are you? I'm trying to call on you right now. And he's like, you already know what to do. Just call him like that. He's like, you already know what's that in your hand. Yeah. Oh, a staff. And then it turns into a snake. And now it's like kind of like a weapon. It's like, Oh, when he's silent with me, it's, 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 like you said, it's more powerful than when he's actually talking um, with me. I think we have to remember that we live in time. He exists in eternity. Mm-hmm. He might be silent with us for a year about something. It wasn't a year for him. Mm-hmm. He already spoke your answer. He already placed your answer into time somewhere. So what you think is taking a long time is he's already fixed it. Yeah. He's already said it. He's already gave an answer. You have not experienced that answer yet. That does not mean it's not coming. Yeah. Um, with what I've gone through this past year, um, one of the other kind of revelations he gave me was what he was taking me through in a year's time there was a period where I really struggled with God. Why is it taking so long? Yeah. Why am I here so long? You know, I kept feeling like, okay, I've learned the lessons you wanted me to get out of this. So can I come out of it now? And one day he just shut me up with like one little sentence. Um, he said, basically what you're calling a long time is actually me showing you mercy mm. because he is merciful. And what I mean by that is what I have been going through could have taken a long time to resolve. Could have took five years, could have took 10 years, could have took the rest of my life. And he allowed me to go through it in just a year's time and to learn all of these lessons in just one year, knowing that I would then have what I needed for the rest of my life. So what I was looking at as a long time was actually him being merciful. Wow. Um, which is often how he works. Yeah. You not usually. All the time. The days. You know how they say the latter days will be greater. Mm-hmm. Those days will be greater in number. So. I knew that if what I was going through was taking a year. What I was going to get out of it was going to last me a lifetime. Yeah. The 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 day will always be longer than the night. I think there's actually scripture that says that in Genesis. Yeah. yeah. That reminds me of a scripture. I can't remember what it is right now at the top of my tongue, but it, it actually helped me heal um, in this season that I'm in where it's like the things that we go through. Um, oh, okay. Here's a testimony. So like there was a time where I just felt like, um, you know, on the, the outside, I would be like okay everything's going good like it looks normal right but on the inside I feel like I'm battling all these these trials and things that just doesn't reflect how I feel on the outside right and I just felt like why is there this dual 
emotion going on where on the outside maybe yeah I look happy or feel happy but on the inside I just feel like completely polar opposite right and so it was like even though we grown on the outside and we shine radiantly on the outside what we're going through right now has no uh it doesn't even come close to what God is working for our eternal so it, it just kind of encouraged me like in the flesh, maybe I feel down and negative, but my spirit is growing right now. So for those to kind of com- come together, like coincidence, like we defined, yeah. it's sometimes you have to go through these crazy, crappy times in order for your spirit to grow. Yeah. Because I think it is in those crappy times that you grow your spirit because what else would you hope for if everything was good all the time? Exactly. You know, so that's also how God can speak through us. And I don't even want to say, like, unfortunately, because it's not even from that mindset. You know, the moment that we think that the things that we're going through is unfortunate, it's happening to us, is when we lose sight of what God is doing to us or for us, I should say. So it's not like, oh, this is happening to me. This is happening to me. It's like change your perspective to be like, this is happening for me. Because if this wasn't happening for me right now, I wouldn't be able to grow and level up to the person that God is calling me to be. Um, So I'm actually thankful that I'm going through this because in retrospect, looking, (laughs) looking forward, when I look back in retrospect, (laughs) right, this is a key moment to my development. Yes. And I'm glad that this is happening right now, the way that it is for however long it's going to take. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's every moment of your life is so pivotal, Mm -hmm. pivotal, um, pivotal to what his purpose is for your life. Um, like we said a few weeks ago, he plays chess, not checkers. Right. He knows every tool that you're going to need to fulfill your purpose. Mm-hmm. So he will make sure that you get those tools in your toolbox through whatever situation is necessary, through whatever storm is necessary. Um, so like you said, look at it as gathering tools yeah. in your toolbox, yeah. knowing one day you're going to be able to build a house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm I'm glad yeah i've gone through what i've been going through yeah yeah i'm very glad about it so we've been talking about how god talks to us yep right let's talk about for a second how we talk to god Ooh. let's flip the narrative for a second because god be talking to us even when he's silent he the silence is loud right um but let's shift over to how we talk to god how we can talk to god how we shouldn't talk to god do you have anything that comes to mind right away (sighs) Yeah, I'm in the middle of a, a prayer series with the Thursday night Bible study group talking about that topic, how we talk to God. Mm. The thing that stuck out to me this last Thursday when we spoke, um, he said something very different than what you usually hear. Um, he said prayer is a business meeting with heaven. Mm. God gave us dominion authority in this world yeah which means we have the ability to change the world around us the earth when we go to him we are literally giving him the ability to come down and operate in the earth Mm. because he's going to do it through man yeah so oftentimes things are not happening not because god cannot do them but we have not opened ourselves to allow him to do them. Mm. And when we go to him in prayer and we talk to him, we have to understand our power as man 
that he gave us when we were praying. So your prayer shouldn't sound like you're a victim. Right. You should go to him with expectation, with power, with authority, because he's given it to you. Yeah. And that began to change my perspective. Not going to God saying, God, I'm suffering from this. This is on me and this is happening. And, you know, I feel this way and more. It's a different posture. Yeah, yeah. God, you've called me to do this. In order for me to fulfill that, these are the things that I need. Mm -hmm. You know that I need those things. Guide my steps so that I can gather those things and fulfill your purpose. Mm. It's a different tone. Yeah. Um, It's more confident. Exactly. It's more confident. And it's not, you're not going to him like he owes you something. Yeah, you're not demanding it. Exactly. You're going to him like the son or daughter of him that you are. Yeah. When you go to your parents and ask for something, there's a certain expectation that they're going to deliver what you're asking for. Mm -hmm. You know, in high school, dad, I need football pads for football. Yeah. When I ask him that question, I never have the thought, is he going to be able to deliver that? Mm -hmm. No, that's my father. Yeah. If he's not going to supply it, who is? Right. Same thing when we go to God. But you also have to be careful because that doesn't mean go to God and say, God, I got to get to work, so I need a Ferrari. <laughs> no, 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 no. Right. Um, but yeah, having that correct posture, yeah, that correct tone, that um, correct confidence, like you said, when you are going before him, show up like he created you. Yeah. He gave you dominion over the earth, just like he has dominion in heaven. Yeah. Um, You ever heard of saying, uh, mama didn't raise no fools. Mm -hmm. God didn't raise no uh, victimhood Mm -mm. creatures that, you know, have to beg for stuff. No, he gave us dominion authority. So use it. Yeah. Lots of things here. Um, Let me gather those thoughts. There's at least two, at least three. Um, To have that dominion. We're good. Okay. Two minutes. Okay. To have that dominion, um, understanding who God is. So then once you know who God is, you understand who you are. I like to see myself as Jesus's sister, mm-hmm. like blood sister, like we're the same. Yeah. Right. Um, and for me to be a sister of Jesus, that's like pretty high. Yes. Um, that also makes me God's daughter. Yep. So that makes me a princess. I'm an heir. He has all these things already royalty designated for me, right? I'm a princess. I'm a, I'm a Jesus prince, princess. Okay, I'm a be treated as so. Um, so knowing that dominion, where it's like a princess doesn't beg. A princess has authority. A princess has like say, right? Um, that's one thing. Second thing, um, I have a friend who brought this up, and he's a really funny person. But uh, he was saying like when you pray. It's almost like when you go to McDonald's and order in the drive-thru. You don't go to the McDonald's drive-thru. Well, maybe not McDonald's. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Let's say Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Um, you don't go to the Chick-fil-A uh, drive-thru and be like, do you all have nuggets today? Do you have chicken? Wow. Oh, and then when you order it, it's not like you get to the window and be like, can I have chicken? Please, can I have chicken? It's like, no, you know what you ordered. You know what's going to come. Yeah. So when we pray... We have to pray with an expectation and that's part of our faith is believing that what we ask for in Jesus name yeah. is ours. 
it's going to happen. It's just a matter on when. Sometimes you get the drive through you order, they're backed up a little bit. Maybe it's going to take a little longer. Maybe the line's a little bit longer, but you know, regardless of how long it takes, you're still going to get your order. Even if you have to drive off to the side for a second park and they were like, our fries are coming, just park to the side, wait for five minutes. You yeah. still have to wait for it, but you're still going to get your fries. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's the same thing when we pray to have that dominion, to have that confidence of like, this is what I want. This is what I'm ordering in Jesus name. If it aligns with his will, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Oh, wait, one more thing. One more yeah. thing. To know if it's God's will or to check your heart. Um, when you pray, it's here's a good exercise. If you're like, hey, um, God, I want to have this business so that. You just saying those two words so that mm -hmm. and then you insert why you want it will reveal what's in your heart in an instant. Yes. I want this business so that I can like create a community where people feel safe and have like a comfort zone to just be themselves and be authentic. I want to create this business so that I can show people what it is to have like a fun figure where they're not stressed to come to work. And I could be an example that I could lead through your word, God, like that's searching your heart so with that thought 10 times out of 10 that whatever you insert there is going is going to include other people always always yes uh were you at bible study thursday night because you just like <laughs> talked about half of what we talked about <laughs> we, we lined that's why the devil was trying so hard because yeah. we talking about something he didn't, he didn't want to us to open our mouths um we were talking about i believe it was daniel when he sent up a prayer to god mm -hmm. um and i forget the, the the amount of time but what he prayed for didn't happen mm -hmm. and the archangel got there and basically said um i think it was 21 days he said we heard your prayer or god heard your prayer 21 days ago Mm. I got caught up fighting demons, basically. Is what <laughs> On he the said. way. Exactly. Um, so he said, basically, God answered this 21 days ago. You're just now getting it. You're just getting delivered. Which goes back to what you were just saying and what we were saying earlier, that God lives in eternity. Mm -hmm. And that his time does not work like our time. Right. So he releases it in eternity and it can hit us anywhere in time. Mm -hmm. So we can't believe that just because we don't see it the next day right. or when we think that um it's supposed to happen it doesn't mean it's not going to happen yeah and sometimes i feel like god be waiting just to see if you really want it mm. because he's like all right 21 days and you you forgot to ask you 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 lost your faith of asking for it yeah um maybe you don't actually want it as bad or maybe there's something else that you want within that um sometimes he takes that time to allow us to realize what we truly desire and why we truly desire it. Yes. Because I could say, yeah, I want this business because I want to have a good community. And then 30 days of development later, I could be like, oh, actually, I want this because I know that it's missing. And it would bless so many people if I did it in this format, which yes. is completely different than how I started out with. Um, and I think to even get through those days, right? Even Daniel, he fasted. Yeah. Right. Sometimes we need to fast. And I think as modern day Christians, sometimes it's like, well, in the text, they fasted from food in the wilderness for 21 days. I literally can't go 21 days without eating food because 
I work out six days a week and I need fuel. Otherwise, I will black out yes. while I'm driving home. Yes. <laughs> you know, so it's not quite literally in the context. Like anything, any story in the Bible is used as an analogy to inspire us. There's stories to help in, inspire the things that we need to do. Um, so a fast might not be food for you if that's not what the spirit is showing you. Sometimes like... I need you to fast from social media because you're getting all these ideas from other people that are in the world and I need to isolate you for a second. Yes. I need to put you in a season of isolation away from the thing that you are actually idolizing instead of looking to me for answers. And that's where we get blown out of like we be freaking out because I'm like, that was my source. That was my my foundation. And God is like, exactly. That was your foundation, not me. So I need you to come back to me to be your foundation in order for me to give you what you're asking for. Yeah. And that's hard sometimes. So sometimes you need to fast. You need to clear out those elimin- those uh, distractions, eliminate those distractions, because with those distractions in your face, you can't see clearly. You can't hear properly. You have all these other things where you're, you're confused. And yeah. God doesn't come from confusion when he talks to you. You won't be confused when he talks to you. Absolutely. Wow. Also, yeah. I want to say I want to say it was Solomon. He was the great leader, right? Maybe. I think it was Solomon. Was it Solomon? We still learn in these scriptures, so. We we baby Christians, yeah. but we we be getting fed. Um. Anyways, I want to say it was Solomon. Please don't quote me if it was not. But basically, he was the wisest um, leader. It was David's son. Solomon. Solomon. Yeah. Did I say it wrong? That's how I read it. Solomon. Solomon. Yeah, yeah. Solomon. Solomon. You're right. Anyways, um, so basically, I thought it was so cool because with all this power that he had, all this wisdom, he was the wisest person. And he could have asked for anything in the world because he had so much wisdom. But God was like, what is it that you want? Just tell me what you want. And sometimes God be asking you, what is it that you want? I just want to hear it from you. I just want you to ask me. And I thought it was so inspiring that he was like, I want to have wisdom and knowledge so that I can lead these people towards you. Wow. He didn't ask for money. He didn't ask for fame. He didn't ask for any of that. And so God literally pointed that out. He's like, well, since you didn't ask for fame or great riches or to have a really long life or all these things that could have been quickly selfish, I'm going to give you exactly what you asked for. I'm going to give you this wisdom and knowledge. And because you didn't ask for those selfish things, I'm going to actually give those to you because I know I can trust you with the money, with the fame, with the nice things and have a long life. I know I can trust you with those because your heart's not in that. You're not going to turn selfish and rot and lead these people astray because you only wanted wisdom and knowledge. I'm going to give you that as a bonus. I'm going to just throw that in there. Yeah. A story keeps coming in my head. (laughs) So I'm just going to tell it. It's not about me, actually. Okay. I was not too far from here years and years ago at a Chick-fil-A down in Crystal City. Shout out that Chick-fil-A. Come on. And I go down there and I'm walking up to the restaurant and I see everybody coming out. I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? And apparently somebody in the, it was like part of a kind of a strip of stores and somebody had pulled a fire alarm. So everybody was coming out. So now the Chick-fil-A is evacuated. They're waiting for the fire department and we're outside and a lady walks up while everybody's outside and she says, Oh man, I made a mobile order. Does this mean like I can't get it? Like she's like, I gotta go and like worried about the chicken, not the building being on fire. While we're standing outside, a Chick-fil-A worker steps out from the crowd and says, 
I forget the person's name, so I'm just going to use the name. She said, are you Linda? And we all looked and she was like, I saw your order before we evacuated and I didn't want you to come up in your food, not be here. So I brought it out with me just in case you came. Shout out Chick-fil-A service. Wow. Top tier. And everybody started clapping and cheering. (laughs) And um, I don't know why that just came into my mind. But what I'm hearing is what God has for you is for you and he will get it to you. No matter what. No matter what. Yeah. Yeah. It's yours. I don't know how that fits into what we were just talking about. It's a word though. It's a word. That's what I was hearing. So I think that's highly relatable because I think that's part of the fear of letting go. Mm-hmm. is that you don't understand what is already yours and what already has your name on it and yes. that it's already on its way to you. But you can't receive it yep. if you don't let things go. Yeah. So let it go. Because she could have easily walked up, saw the crowd outside and said, and, eh, and left. And just yeah. left. She said, I'm hungry. Yep. I need my chicken. And she had enough <laughs> trust in Chick-fil-A that's right. that they would remedy the situation. See, and that's why they the closed other. on Sundays. They say yep. that's Sabbath. Shout out Chick Fil A. That's holy chicken. I'm a foreshadow. This this video is sponsored by Chick Fil A. Just kidding. Not kidding. We received that. We received yeah. it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's go into our segment of the podcast. Yeah. Let's do it. We so, don't have questions today because our wait, team's not here. We don't know that. Did they text us? Oh, uh, we can check, check. your phone. We'll we can be real with the cave. They yeah. can know what's okay. going on. So, um, this segment of the podcast is called "Questions by Our Audience Slash Producer." So, this is when we answer any of the questions that you guys have for us. So, if you do have any questions, make sure to put them in the comments below, and we will do our best to answer them. Um, for today, since we don't necessarily have a crew, we have one audience member. If she has a question for us, we'll answer hers. Or they texted us some. Yeah, we do. Have, we our have producers are looking out for us, so they sent Word. us a few. Does our audience member have a question today? No? no. Okay. So we're going to read some questions from our audience uh, virtually. All right. Let me put on my good reading voice. Okay. <clears throat> this is the first time he's reading these questions too. So we're both caught off guard. Good. What is the biggest misconception that society has about being a Christian? Mm. And how would you respond to it? Okay. Put the phone down. Don't look at the other questions. Um, I think the biggest misconce- <laughs> misconception that the world has about society has about Christians is that being a Christian means you're perfect. Ooh. Ooh, being a Christian means you're perfect. Um, And it's actually quite the contrary. Christians are probably the most flawed people who are seeking to be like Jesus, who is perfect. And I don't even want to say seeking to be perfect, but seeking to be able to live life in this world, but have Christ as our center which is hard. So I think some people look and be like, oh, that that's a Christian and she's doing this or he's doing that. And they start to judge automatically, yep. um, but not realizing like we're all people too. We're all flawed. But the fact that we're trying to be better for ourselves is I think what being a Christian is actually all about. Like if we're being raw, like if you're a Christian, you admit to being flawed. Absolutely. Whereas I think if you might not be Christian, you might be like, no, I'm perfect. Mm-hmm. Or I don't have these things going on. It's like, or, no. Or think that perfection is attainable. Right, exactly. And it's absolutely not. So I think when people judge people um, as Christians, like even pastors, even leaders in Christ, right? It's like they put them on this pedestal that they're supposed to be perfect. Or even just like the way that you're dressing. It's like, oh, she's wearing a crop top. She's not a Christian. Yeah. It's like, no, I don't have to be a nun to right. be a Christian. You know, I have a relationship with God where if I feel condemned or 
if I feel convicted, I should say, if yeah. I feel convicted that something that I'm doing in my life isn't correct, I'm going to go and work that out with God. I don't need to work it out with you. Yes, I mean, I am trying to be better in society, yeah. but I'm not going to be perfect. And I know that. Yeah. Wow. I feel like you just answered it. No. <laughs> so two things I think are the biggest misconception. Number one is that once you become a Christian, that means it's time to start following a bunch of rules. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that the Bible is a rule book. Mm -hmm. The Bible is not a rule book. Nope, not at all. When you become a Christian, you develop a respect and a reverence for God that causes you to want to live in a certain way. Yes. That's when you begin to learn his word and follow his ways, um, like the book of Proverbs. Yeah. Um, so, number one, it's not a rule book. Mm hmm Number two, which is kind of along the lines of what you were talking about as well, but it's that once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and become a Christian, that means your life is going to be all roses and daisies Yes, going forward. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's the opposite. Quite opposite. <laughs> he says, pick up your cross and follow Where's me. Where zone starts now. And I fair. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of why our God is so relatable mm -hmm. because he does not promise us that. Yeah. He is real with us. And not only did he not promise us that, but he demonstrated, he came down, wrapped himself in flesh and demonstrated mm -hmm. what we would go through in our lives, that we would have to suffer some for that eternal life. Yeah. Um. So those are the two biggest things. Those are huge. Yeah. I think those are three great takeaways. Yeah, for sure. All misconceptions. All right. Wait, I want to read the second one. All right. Is it three? Yeah. Okay. Number two, what advice would you give to someone who just begun their faith journey regarding hearing the voice of God and moving in faith? Um, just starting out. Don't listen to everything you hear. Mm -hmm. I found a few good voices that I knew I could trust, that I knew God was speaking to, and I listened to them while I was starting to learn until I could start to make decisions based off of the things I was hearing myself. So for me, it was my father, mm -hmm. Pastor Stephen, um, Bishop T.D. Jakes, and Michael Todd. Yeah. And... I had enough in me to be able to discern that those people were of God, that they knew what they were talking about. And I said, let me stay in that circle until I know a little more about this mm -hmm. before I start listening to every voice I hear talking about being a Christian, reading your Bible, yeah. um, scriptures. And I kind of just stayed there. Yeah. So that would be my advice. Find a sound circle when you're first starting out. Mm-hmm. And stay there until you grow some. I think that's really important too. That fellowship is really important when yes. you're first starting out. Because um, for me, it was the two things where I needed that fellowship. And I also needed to immerse myself in the text. Um, and because I had the fellowship, I could interpret what was happening in the text and be like, okay, how did you interpret this? Let's kind of bounce ideas on like what you received from this and what I'm receiving, yeah. you know, and like. Um, that would be my advice is just really immerse yourself in the word of God, posturing yourself with a quiet time. Like when I first started out, 
I was very intentional with my quiet time with God. I would literally take 45 minutes to an hour, close my door, turn on some soaking music and just I would meditate, I would journal and I would be in the word. Those three things in no particular order. But um, oh, and pray. Um, But being very intentional with the time that I spent with God, because in any new relationship, you want to invest in the relationship. Right. Where it's like you're not going to get into a relationship with somebody without asking What's your favorite color? Yeah. What do you like to do? Like, those are very mundane questions. I mean, I'm not going to ask God what his favorite color is, but I'm going to be like, who are you? Yeah. Who are you, God? Now, who am I? And who are these people that you have on the earth that you want to use me through uh, or use through me to get to? Or um, what are your principles? What do you actually believe in? What is good? What is bad? What is sin? Taking time to learn. Him. You know, taking time to really learn who he is. And it's not enough to just do it on your own because you can. I mean, you can just be like a hermit and be like, I'm just reading my Bible and reading my word. But there's not going to have much context outside of it because the whole point of being on earth is to connect with people. Absolutely. We are supposed to have relation and connection to others and not even just that. It's like, what good is it for you to know the word, the word so well and live your life so well that it doesn't rub off on anybody because that's what the gospel is. That's what discipleship is where it's like you learn as much as you can and you go and spread it and you spread the gospel. You spread the good news to somebody else because Somebody might be going through what you went through. Like I said last week, you might, somebody might be going through what you went through and you might come in in an encounter with them. And now it's your turn to be like, Hey, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yep. It happened for me. Let me just share what's like, maybe what it could happen for you. Absolutely. You know, and that's really what it's all about because you coming to Christ, you coming to Christ, Rebecca coming to Christ, me coming to Christ, anybody coming in Christ was not, a mere coincidence of oh i want to open my bible today for the first time in my life somebody had some type of impact on you where you were like i want that Absolutely. i want that joy i want that peace i want that clarity that wisdom i want that and so you go and seek it for yourself you Absolutely. seek god first so one more one more let's see Sorry, somebody texted me and it messed my phone up, so I got to uh-uh. find it again. Uh, where's that guy? Okay. Question good? number three. Number three. What does your faith mean to you? That's a vague one, but it can go a lot of ways. Means everything. It to me, my faith is my anchor because um, without it, I don't know what life would. be be i feel so chaotic you know it's like if i don't know boat life but if you have an anchor and you sink it to the ground and it's stuck there your boat will still float around but it'll always stay in that one point yeah right it'll pivot around. it'll pivot around like you'll have you can still live in the water but like you're not going to get lost at sea and be like out there you know so to me my faith is my anchor as long as i have faith as my foundation with anything that I'm doing, um, you know, that's where I get, that's where I make my decision-making. That's where I maneuver my thoughts. That's where I come back to what actually matters. Because if I get on a tangent of like I was this week and I, I'm getting back to it, like we're being raw, you know, like as a Christian, like Sundays, Mondays, Tuesdays, they rock. 
Yep. Then like Wednesday, Thursday, Fridays, towards the end of the week, Saturday. Hits. Come on weekend. You know, I'm like, oh, I need to come back to God. <laughs> you know, yeah. like I kind of levitate around my anchor until I'm like right back on top of it. You know, yeah. I think that's real life. But went on a, a research tangent and now I'm looking at real estate investing and how to wow. get bonds and all this. I went down a YouTube rabbit hole on <laughs> investing and stuff. And so getting back to it, I'm like, why do I want to have real estate? Yeah. Why do I want to invest in property? Um, yeah, to be financially free, to have investments for my family later down the road, like generational wealth and that type of thing. But why do I really want it? Yeah. You know, if I'm looking at money as the motivation is like maybe actually I want to own property so I can house people who need housing. And maybe it's not about the money. Maybe it's about giving people homes that need it. Yeah. My, uh, I have a family member who lives in like rehab homes, um, but it's so it's such a blessing because in those homes they learn different skills. They learn. Um, how to apply for jobs, they have to stay sober, and like all these things. It's actually a beautiful program. Yeah. But it's just them in this big old house, and they divided, they put a drywall up to make different walls and stuff like that. And I was like, that is just, I think that's so fascinating. Absolutely. I think it's really cool. So besides being a generational wealth thing for my family, which is still, in Jesus' name, I think a good thing. Yep. Um, But I think it goes further. I yeah. think it goes further. But all that to say, I had to have God search my heart to be like, why do I, why am, why did you put this on my brain right now? And why am I so like almost obsessed about it? Yeah. Why? And maybe he teaches you things that you, or gives you new interest so that you can um, be a blessing. Absolutely. That's 100% real. Uh, whenever you start your real estate thing, <laughs> if you think I have a lot of tech stuff, you should see my toolbox. Stop. I told you I worked in construction for a while, so I can build walls and do repairs and all that stuff. Come on, team. Um, Come on. Actually, what was the question? Uh, what does faith mean to you? Yes. Faith, I think for me, faith has become my filter. Ooh, okay. More like a camera filter than a coffee filter. Okay. Not it, an Instagram filter, right? Nah. Okay. It is the lens through which I look at everything in my life. Ooh, yeah. Um, the pain, the struggle, the good, the happy moments. When I am trying to assign an understanding or a meaning or trying to use my discernment, it is through the lens of faith mm. um, that I do that. So for me, it is just, it's, I don't want to classify it as a tool. But it is it's that thing that allows me to make sure I am seeing life yeah. correctly and truthfully. I like that. Yes. That's what faith is for me. I like that. Filters and anchors. Absolutely. For real. All right. This last part of our podcast segment uh, is scripture on the spot. Boom. Is that what we call it? That's what we've been calling scripture it. on the spot. So, Rebecca, your duty here. We need you to hold up a timer for 60 seconds and you have to let us let it beep. You can turn your volume on. But um, so basically this part of the show is scripture on the spot. So I will and Calvin will find a scripture just randomly. We let the spirit open a page in the first scripture that we see. We'll blurt it out. And then the other person will give a sermon on the spot. Sermon on the spot, not scripture, is it? 
one minute. It's s- kind of both. One minute sermon, whatever it is. I gotta use my phone on today for your scripture. Oh Allah. Because uh, is that organic? You can buy, borrow mine. All right, we can do that. All right. Because uh, that was, Did you that was another thing. The devil made me leave my Bible. Oh Allah, I can't bring his <laughs> no, Bible. I can't today. even blame her for that. That was me. I was oh, Allah. Too quick. Oh, Allah. Okay. All right. So you want to go first, or you got? I want it. Uh, you first this time. Give me the Bible. Oh Allah. Yeah. Okay, so you'll start the timer after he finishes the question, like Family Feud. Let it just let it open. Second Chronicles. Oh Lord. Okay. Uh, which one? This is Second Chronicles, uh, chapter two. This is verse twelve. And Hiram added, praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who made heaven and earth. He has given King David a wise son endowed with intelligence and discernment, who will build a temple for the Lord and a palace for himself. We were just talking about Solomon. That's Solomon? David's son. This is Chronicles. But Uh, his name is Solomon. David's son. Is that who he's talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Is it Solomon? David's son. We were just... God. He has given King David a wise son. Come yeah. on. Yeah. And he will build the temple for the people. That's an himself. example of confirmation, by the way. No, literally, y'all. What? Um, okay. Ready. Show me the timer. 60 seconds starting out. Okay, so um uh, <laughs> Solomon, uh, King David's son, was the wisest person, right? And you notice how he said he will build a temple for the people and then for himself. Mm. I think some people have it backwards where they're like, let me build my temple first and then I'll go and build what my purpose is. Preach. Let me set myself up first. Let me get myself situated first before I go and do things for other people. And it's actually so backwards that we actually have to serve and give first in order to see those fruits. And then we set ourselves up because in the process of us going to going out of our way to be selfless for people and serving them for what they need, we actually are already equipped with everything that we need. So we don't even need to worry about the house that we have. Um, Putting others first in the way that Solomon did was so wise that he said, I'm going to use everybody's resources and their skills in order to, in order to make this happen. So let's do this first and then um, we can build my house. Fire. Just let that soak. Nice job, Key. Fire. Oh, hello. Thank you, God, for that word. All right, you ready? Yep. Let's do it. Let's do an ASMR. Okay. Um, five, six, boom. Six, boom. Um, parable of the net. This is Matthew 13, verse 51 through I'll do 52. Okay. Have you understood all these things jesus asked yes they replied he said to them therefore every teacher of the law who has become a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out his storeroom new wait who brings out of his storeroom new treasures as well as old all right give me read it one more time one more time Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. He said to them, therefore, every teacher of the law who has become a a disciple in the kingdom of heaven is like the owner of a house who brings out 
of his storeroom, new treasures as well as old. There's this kind of confirmation too. Go ahead. So he's talking about teaching here and they're bringing out new and old stuff. Okay. Your testimony is a blessing for other people. That's the old. What you're going through currently and what you're going through in the future is the new. Mm. You need to bring them both out. Put them both on display. Being vulnerable is a superpower. Being vulnerable with others is not only a way to connect, but it is a way to learn. Um, it is a way to bring people together through shared experiences. However, if you leave the old stuff in and only bring the new stuff out, they will only see the new stuff. Mm. Um, they will not see the scars. If after Jesus was beat, he never showed the disciples the scars, they would have only seen the new divine Jesus, mm. but he showed them the scars. Bring out the old at the same time as the new and watch what happens. Was that it? Oh, I didn't. I was it. waiting for the okay. bell to go off. <laughs> yeah, I didn't hear the bell. <laughs> okay. It's funny that we were just talking about houses yes. and housing for people. Yep. And he was talking about bring the somebody who owns the house will bring out new treasures as well as old mm -hmm. to present. Oh. It's like thank the you, confirmation. Thank episode. you, God, for this episode. Because the devil knew what this was about to be today. And thank, I thank you, God, for a co host like Key, because I was with it. And then she came in and she was with it too. She was like, We're going to do this regardless. Everybody was dropping like flies. And yeah. Kyle was like, Key, do you want to still film? I was like, I'm literally like five minutes away. Like, we're going to make it happen regardless. Yeah. And we have like, yeah, all the things that weren't correct yeah. or how we want it. The different all the camera things, setup. All the things that weren't what we wanted to be the standard. Mm. We still have everything that we need to make this episode happen. And that's a, that's on life. Let that. We have two cameras that work that have beautiful quality. 4K, shout out. Canon and Sony, if y'all want to give us more equipment, that's yeah, fine too. For real, hit us up because your boy. We got lights. My one light didn't have a cord that fit but we still have two lights that work. We didn't have our backlights today. We didn't have our colored backlights. You yeah. know, like all these things that weren't what we wanted it to be. But we still have everything that we needed to make it happen. Absolutely. Praise God. Praise God. Wow. I'm glad we got that one out because yes. it was needed. Somebody's yes. going to get blessed by it. I hope y'all get blessed by this because yeah. we really was used for that one today. Third epi done. Third epi done. Boom. This is Christ Culture. We in the cave where you get restored and renewed. Um, follow us on all social media platforms except for Twitter and MySpace. And um, we will see you guys next week, next Sunday. Yep. All right. We out. <laughs>